if I can help improve somebody else's life by giving them leadership tools, and not only that, but they can improve somebody else's life by using those leadership tools, everybody in the world becomes a better place, number one. And, you know, we can chip away at that old adage that people leave bosses, not companies, and it's just not necessary. But most people, especially in the B2B space, have never, ever been properly trained, coached, enabled from a leadership perspective. Everybody has said, here you go. You get promoted at any level, manager, director, whatever, figure it out. That's it. And that's what I think is just wrong. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to jamesschramko.com. This podcast is episode 950, and we're going to be talking about building a million dollar per year machine. I've brought along a client slash friend slash repeat regular guest, Niels Vignet. Welcome back. Thank you, James, and soon to be surf partner for a little bit in the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Very excited. I'm stoked, ridiculously stoked for that. Really, we've come a long way since our original chats. I think you were in Texas and recording in a sauna, uh, which we yeah. joke about your wooden back. That's right. We've got to know each other quite well over the last period or so of, uh, you know, you arriving into my world, us re-engineering your programs mm-hmm. and, and you're building quite a machine. And that's what I wanted to talk about. You're very generous too when you you offer to discuss these things. Not everyone would do that. Some people don't want to. Other people are a bit shy. Um, when I think of you, I see someone who gets very excited about growth and development and progress, yes. and it makes perfect sense that for a living, you're coaching and helping mm-hmm. B2B people be better leaders and grow and sure. overcome challenges. So it's really a perfect fit. Agree, 100%. And the more I can articulate what it is I've been doing and how it works, the better one, it reinforces for me what I am actually doing. <laughs> so it is important. And two, hopefully help somebody else because I know they've been in, either have been in or are in similar places to me. And I've been through the ringer going from solo consultant to now building a million dollar machine. Yeah. And I know that's still sort of sinking in for you. It's one thing you continually yeah. express to me is, you know, it sort of borders on shock, but I'd say definitely surprised. You didn't really think you were a million dollar a year business guy a year or two ago, probably. And you're now just having to recalibrate to that expectation, right? Oh, 100%. Not unless I was working like, I don't even know how many hours I would have to work in a year on a consultant basis to uh, pull in that kind of a, a business and, you know, be largely delivering the work, selling the work, marketing the work, all that good stuff. So, no, I did not, honestly, did not think that was in the realm of possibility. And I'm going to say this, I I'm suspect this is true, but I want you just to verify this. Mm-hmm. You didn't set out with me especially, say, James, I need to make a million dollars a year. That was never the primary goal, right? Mm -mm. Would it be fair to say that's more of a byproduct of the things you're doing? Oh, 100%. Yeah, money is not the end-all, be-all thing for me. And I have a great life. I have been on my own as a consultant since 2015, so getting close to eight years now. So I've experienced the good, the bad, the ugly. I just, the machine part and what we're going to talk about is really the most important thing for me. I just wanted to build the machine. And I frankly, get a lot of joy out of building. If it was a perfectly running thing, it would be a different story, but it's not. So I got a lot of work to do on the building side and that's incredibly fun and engaging. You know, it's funny as a kid, I used to, well, apparently I was in a little playpen in my dad's garage when I was a baby with my own set of plastic tools. And as a teenager, I used to buy and fix up cars and sell them. So I got into the, I was always mechanically minded and good pragmatic, you know, 
So I like building machines too. I've built an amazing machine with my own business. Yes. As you know, like it's been throwing off a million dollars a year plus every single year since 2008 consistently, never dipping, right? And not many people can say that. You no. see a lot of these roller coaster guru experts, you know, they're big and then they crash and they're big and they like, oh, that's not my style. I, I like building the machine. But what I like is how you've approached getting insights from me on how you can do the same. If we look back and we track your progress, so even off the episode numbers that we've recorded together, and I, I love building these case studies over time, right? It's a long game. I can imagine by episode number 10, you know, some pretty magical things are going to be happening. <laughs> episode 825, we sort of introduced you to my world and we talked yep. about leadership, which is what you do. You teach leadership. Yep. 890, we were sort of documenting your rise to $100,000 within nine months. Yep. So just to put that in perspective, it was taking you an entire nine months just to make a hundred grand. Right? Yep. <laughs> so yep. I'm being cheeky with the way I describe that. But at the time, that was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> but when we came back on episode 922 and we talked about how you went from 100000 to a 330000 Now, here we are just uh, 28 episodes later, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the rise from 330 to now you're on a run rate of around a million dollars a year, right? Yeah. To be fair, we've, at the time of recording this, we're just a little way past the half year mark, and you've made over half a million dollars, yep. and you're now starting to snowball. Yeah, You're getting bulk deals, which is a B2B trend, right? Once you've established mm-hmm. yourself, once you've created capacity to deliver, and this cannot be overemphasized, right? Yeah. Capacity to deliver has been established in a leveraged way. Yep. Now, every time you're doing stuff, you're getting bulk deals, multi-license users. Even when you are consulting, which you're still mixing into the business mix, you can command higher rates, you get more clients, right. but you've also got a back end that makes perfect sense yeah. for everyone who's doing a consulting. They Basically, they really need the membership delivery system to continue and sustain and to compound the benefits of all the training that you've been doing. So you're creating this great machine. So we'll, we'll go into some of those elements, but I love documenting where we're at. Now, one of the important things to do is we should definitely mention where people can find out about you. And, and if you yeah. want to mention the website, it's changed it did. since the, the last episode. Yeah, it has. And this was a part of our discussion and, and your guidance and input on some of the messaging that I was, was a little bit confusing that I was putting out there and I fully take ownership of that. And I also fully take responsibility and I changed it. So the website is now B2B, the letter B, the number two, and the letter B, leadersacademy.com. And that was a very recent change, but it had been in the works for several months because we had talked about the confusion with my previous name and some misleading on the, you know, the 30-day piece and all that good stuff. We don't have to get into that, but it was a very insightful and helpful guidance and direction that you gave to me when you told me, frankly... I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And even though you may not be perfectly in my target market, I got to be able to communicate with anybody and conceptually have them understand what I do. And B2B Leaders Academy is a far more effective, compelling, short phrase than what I had before. So I appreciate that insight. That's good. And I just recorded an episode 949, which you know people will have probably listened to by now, with John Lint from click.com. Mm-hmm. And we talked about why he changed the business name we talked about why I changed my business name. Yeah. I mentioned there was a client who just changed their name. That was a relatively straightforward process in the end on that click platform. Yes. So it's a topic that is sort of current in my world right now, but sometimes you have to change your name and sometimes it's worth it. Now, 
you came to me with a question in our weekly call. You're part of our weekly group at, at jamesramco.com. We have a, a level of membership where you come on a weekly group call and you maximize that. You come every single week. Yep. You usually go first. Always. As long as I'm, you let me, I'll go first every time. You've always got a great challenge for me. <laughs> yep. And you asked me if you should change the name of your book. And I said, no, actually, I don't think you yeah. should. So yeah. it was a classic case of you can't treat everything like a nail if you're holding that hammer of, what are they, like there are subtle differentiators that would mm. dictate why you might do something and, and not another thing that would seemingly yeah. make sense. And I'm sure it was a, both a great relief for you, but also an insight to you into really identifying what are we trying to do at each part mm-hmm. of the business phase. And that was the distinction that made it hit home for me because the name of my book is 30 Day Leadership Playbook, of which, of course, available at now b2bleadersacademy.com forward slash book. And as soon as I changed the website, that was the first question I was like, oh my gosh, do I have to change the name of the book to be congruent and whatnot? Because the name of the website and the name of the book were virtually identical before. So it seemed natural. And it wasn't until your conversation, you're like, no, like when we're talking about a book, we're focusing on an outcome and a specific time frame, And that's really a much more powerful hook than something a bit more generic versus a program is going to be a, a different approach. And I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Right. And just that little insight and that little tweak gave me everything that I needed in, in an instant. And that's why I always go first, because I want to hit that. I want to get I want to get to the goods as fast as possible and make sure that I get heard. I know everybody on the call has an opportunity to speak, but I am just always prepped, ready to go and thoroughly enjoy those weekly calls. I mean, we have a framework and you use the framework. Yeah. And the reason I keep bringing you back on this show is because you're the perfect client for me. You're the perfect example of how to use the resources correctly. Yeah. You get in, you do the framework, you get out. But the evidence is here, like from 890 to 922 to episode 950, we're tracking your progress in real time yeah. using the system. I know the system works if people bring the right ingredients and work it properly. So thank you for that. Let's talk about some of the pieces of the puzzle that go into having a repeatable machine because, I mean, you've had to work this. This is not magic. No. It's kind of magical, the scenario you've built yourself now in hindsight, but we have to acknowledge it was hard work all along the way. And I'm especially reminded of that at the moment because on the house to the left of me has been gutted and they're renovating it and the house directly in front of my window is being demolished at the moment. <laughs> wow. And I see all the hard work, you know, for months, there's trucks and steel and cement mm. and tools and hard hats, like it's full on work. But after this is all finished, which will be great, there'll be two beautiful homes, yeah. you know, next to my home. And for decades after that, maybe even 50 years or more, mm-hmm. the benefits of all that hard work. So in your case, there has been some pain and construction along the way, right? And a few lessons that you've had to learn even more than once. I'd love to know if you could sort of pinpoint a couple of things that might really help someone listening to this episode who are perhaps, you know, on, on the naught to 100 or the 100 to 330 or the 330 to a million. What are the lessons you've had to learn mm-hmm. that change the way you look at things? Yeah, there has been many. It has been a lot of hard work and it's been a lot of What I would say, what goes on in my mind is constant questioning of every single piece at every stage. And that's why I love our private chat as well as our group calls, because I don't ever have to go more than a day (laughs) without getting an answer. Like, so it's the fastest way for me to get access to your expertise and receive the guidance and things I need. So I always ask you about things. One of the most important that we covered on recently 
was around the focus on outcomes. And this is one of those topics and one of those lessons I've, you know, quote unquote, been taught by everybody I've ever worked with, anybody who's ever talked about marketing. It's just the generic, oh, you have to focus on outcomes. You don't focus on the product. And sure, I could hear that a million different times, but it didn't really make sense in my context, with my business, with my clients, with my members until recently for a number of reasons. And what I saw, what really brought it into light was when I wrote some narrated testimonials of experiences people have had in the B2B Leaders Academy. And I shared it with you to get your feedback. And your feedback was like, uh, you got to talk about the outcomes. And here's an example of how I might tweak this language to make it much more outcome focused. And that's all I needed. I needed to see it in the context. Had you stopped it, you need to make it more outcome focused. I probably would have skirted around and just kind of, you know, not done a whole lot. But because you also gave me a little bit of context and just a little bit of guidance on examples, then I could take that example and apply it to every single one of those snippets that I was writing, right? So that was a a big aha for me. What I was doing was speaking in vague language. It made sense to me. Mm -hmm. It might make sense to my people in my program, but it means absolutely nothing to everybody else. And one of my favorite sayings is what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've never heard that before. No, it's, it's a great one. And I use it all the time. I used it twice today in two different training calls I was on. Like I share that over and over and over. And then I look at my own work and what's in there? A whole bunch of vagueness, <laughs> right? So I fully recognize I don't have it perfect. But every little step that I take, when I get the feedback from you on where am I hitting it right, where am I not, you know, that's what allows me to make the quick tweaks and make the changes, you know, and just keep motoring and keep moving and keep improving. It's one of the things I picked up from a friend of mine, Dan Dobos, who teaches people how to pass exams. Mm. He said most people fail the exams because the teacher's never shown them what an A paper looks like. Yeah, yeah. And in my way of helping you is not just to tell you something, but I want to show you an example. Yeah. On an yeah. earlier call that I had today, actually, I was helping a partner and I said, what you need to do, what you're trying to do is this particular approach. And then I said, I'm going to send you some examples. And I sent examples. Yeah. So what I did in your case is you shared a document with me and I basically rewrote some of them mm-hmm. to show you the way that I would you know, approach it to get a better result. And then you went away and you redid them. And then I gave you another tool to help you get even clearer because it wasn't quite clear. No. And then you went away and improved on that, but yep. you still got hung up on a couple. Yep. So I then actually rewrote them or showed you how to get them even more effective by way of example. And so that's part of the way that I coach in that one-to-one dynamic where I will look at your work and I'll show you what I think would be the best example. And then you can, now this is a skill you can take forever. Exactly. Everything you do now, you can use the exact same methodology. Right. And if you ever get off track, I'll be the first one to say, hey, because <laughs> um, I think <laughs> yeah. I pulled you up for a little bit of ambiguity on some of the things. And yes. Some, oh, some yes. talking shop on stuff that doesn't may not right. necessarily mean something to, to the, the the prospect may or may not know what you're talking about, but I certainly didn't. Yeah, right. So right. we all get in our own mind and we say things, and I'm sure people experience this with their partner. Oh, 100%. They might say something to their partner, like, you know, put this over there or can you help me with this thing? And they don't know exactly what you're talking about because they didn't use descriptive words or something very specific. And then they get frustrated. Instead of, can you help me with this thing? That the thing didn't happen. Can you put that over there? It was like, you know, could you put that cup in the dishwasher? Would be like far clearer. Yes. So I work very closely on clarity. 
I want it to be clear. So you've bashed out the vagueness of your words. You've made it much clearer. Instead of talking about all the features of the program, all the stuff they're going to get, you now talk about what they'll be able to do once they join the program or how they can join the program. There's probably a few more things that we've been able to work on together as well. Yeah. The other thing this was a few weeks ago was around all on the um, bringing people in, right? The before part of bringing people into the world. And we talked on previous episodes about giving away my book for free and how I've modeled similarly to what you have done. And that's been a very good success. And then the question is, well, how do you give away the book for free? How do you get people a result, you know, for free? Just like, you know, the great Dean Jackson says, how do I get somebody a result? And that's been a question on my mind for a long time because I have a paying membership and the question is, okay, what do I give away for free? And how much do I give away for free? And how do I make sure people are going to be engaged if it's free and they don't technically pay money and have an investment in it? And those were all swirling in my head. And, and I brought this up a few weeks ago and I was like, I need some help on thinking through some other ways that I can engage with people in a leveraged way to get them a result. And you immediately, one of the first things you said was, well, think about a challenge. And it was just the word challenge, which I was very familiar with the concept, not having run it necessarily before, but been around it and participated in some of them, whatever. And I looked at that challenge and the first thing that popped into my mind was, oh my gosh, I could get people a result in one very specific area, which I think one of the greatest for me is giving feedback, uh, like especially in leadership position. This is critical. It's the thing people want more than anything else. And I could completely give them tools to give better feedback in a very short amount of time. And that would be a wonderful outcome. So as part of our recording and accountability for myself here, James, I'm going to tell everybody that if you go to b2bleadersacademy.com, there'll be a note at the top that says, by the time this is released, that says, join the next feedback workshop or feedback challenge. I don't know what the name is yet, but it will be there. And you can join and for free, I will take people through a period of time where I share my feedback formula, make it dead simple to implement and get immediate results. Because I want them to experience that, number one, to know what it's like to work with me. But two, if people give more feedback, everybody benefits. The world will be a better place. And so it's a you know grander than just me trying to get people into my membership approach. So that one piece and discussion we had about challenge, you told me lots of details about it, really was the launch point for, okay, this is a whole new way that I need to think about bringing people on board, getting from the free book stage to, hey, maybe Nilsa is the right person to help me build my leadership skills. Yeah, and I think you, um, on your challenge there, you're going to have words that will outline who the challenge is for. Yes. You're going to tell them what will they be able to do once they learn how to give great feedback? Like how's that going to improve their lives? And then you're going to tell them what they need to do to get on that challenge, like the clear expectation and you know how it works and how they get going on it. That's what I'll expect from that. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Are there any downsides of talking about uh, clear outcomes? <laughs> any downsides? I don't think so. Aside from the fact that it's hard, it's not natural. And especially in the B2B world, there's a lack of emotion in a lot of things that happen. It's just a business environment. It's just different than having a hobby market like you know, dog training or home brewing or beekeeping or whatever the, you know, those things. There's some real passion and emotion that comes into a lot of those things. The BB world is different, right? And that's been some of my most interesting kind of takeaways from the other coaching programs I've been in, which have largely been centered on B2C markets and those kind of hobbyish markets. 
And then working with you inside of this membership and you coach people in every different possible discipline. So I know that even though you're not necessarily living day in and day out inside a B2B world, you do have experience from there and you can provide guidance that's incredibly helpful for me thinking about it rather than saying, well, just take what I teach here over here and figure out how it applies in your world. And that's what has been done in the past. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I can data match between who I know works well. And I've got lots of specialist friends, especially like Will Wang, who crush it yes. in B2B marketing in particular. I certainly lived the B2B world up until 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay, so from 1991 to 2008, I experienced B2B. <laughs> I worked for General Motors, <laughs> yep. BMW, Vodafone and Mercedes-Benz. And I could tell you i I don't feel like I could work in a B2B environment anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But the thing we must remember is, yeah. you know, when we're dealing with even with corporates and, and whatever, you know, titles and all that, ultimately we're still dealing with a human being. So a lot of this yeah. translates. Yeah. Yeah. Other things that I, I know have helped you with that might be useful is when you're coming up with new innovations to your program, one thing that I'm looking at that most people aren't looking at is that they're trying to figure out how to solve a puzzle. And then I will often suggest I want you to pull out a Google spreadsheet or an Excel spreadsheet, whatever platform you use, and I want you to do an effective hourly rate analysis of the potential activities. And there'll be sort of a blend, right? There'll be what does the client need? What sort of result do they need? And how do we describe that? So we've just covered that part. What do we need out of the business for it to work? I mean, obviously, you've now at a very leveraged point. I love the word leverage, and but you're at a leveraged point. If you're running a seven-figure enterprise, which is likely where you're going to tick over by the time we get to Christmas, you have to make decisions based on what would work for Nils as well. Like you can't just go and do things that you would have done two years ago. It won't be leveraged no. enough. Right. So you've got to say, what does the client result required? What does Nils require from it? And then like, what do the numbers look like? Can we project that out and see what we start modeling potential things? So there was an example, we don't have to get too deep in this, but you were looking at approaching this problem one way. And my immediate reaction is to start calculating, well, what does that look like? You know, how many hours Mm -hmm. would it take and what kind of result could we expect versus a different way that we might approach it, which would find more leverage and might actually help the customer better. That might match their expectation better. It might deliver them a better result. It might convert more sales, but it also requires way less Nils hours. Yes. I'm always protecting Nils hours. That's like- And I appreciate that. How do we fortify that? Um, (laughs) And so we'd look at it on a spreadsheet and if it makes sense, then we that's a hypothesis that we then roll out. Now, it may not work, but we've already identified two different approaches we could take to this new innovation for your business. And we'll probably talk about that more in the next episode yeah. with you because we'll get actual results. Yeah. But that's the process. So I think the big secret for why you're getting the results you're getting is, of, of course, you've brought along a great attitude. It's clear you've got a great attitude. You brought along industry experience and expertise. So you're already good at what you do. You turn up, you show up and you use the resources properly, both the private coaching thread and the weekly group call, you have implemented, you actually go and do stuff. (laughs) And (laughs) and here we go. And it's actually fun and exciting. And it is mind blowing in such a positive way. But what I'm really thinking of that's great is you're actually able to help so many more people out there in enterprise. You're you're able to reach more leaders and give them the tools they need by communicating better with them, by making it easier for them to join your program, you're actually empowering more people. So it's a very positive situation. 
That's right. And that's at the core of one why I shifted from the solo focus and one-on-one focus to this leveraged model was, you know, for the better part of, I've been a leadership coach for over 10 years now. And for at least eight of those years, the only thing I did was sell very high ticket one-on-one private leadership coaching to senior leaders and executives inside of B2B, mostly SaaS businesses. That was it. And it was great. It was fun. Had some great relationships, had some great outcomes. That was cool. But I only ever got to, you know, get exposure to one person inside of an organization. Sometimes they had, you know, 30, 50, 300, 500 people in their organization. And all of that is just an incredible opportunity to help more people become better leaders. Because when you become a better leader, you impact positively other people's lives. And that's, you know, the core. And that's why I can, I will do this for a very, very long period of time. Because if I can help improve somebody else's life by giving them leadership tools, And not only that, but they can improve somebody else's life by using those leadership tools. Everybody and the world becomes a better place, number one. And, you know, we can chip away at that old adage that people leave bosses, not companies. And it's just not necessary. But most people, especially in the B2B space, have never, ever been properly trained, coached, enabled from a leadership perspective. Everybody has said, here you go. You get promoted at any level, manager, director, whatever. Figure it out. That's it. Yeah. And that's what I think is just wrong. I do. We've all had bad bosses who could have been better if they'd been trained properly. That's right. Most businesses train their people less than an under 10 girls netball team. Right? Yep. <laughs> so that's what my uh, regional general manager used to say that to us dealers. Like, and so I used to, we used to train and train and train and train. And yeah. wow, we actually got results, believe it or not. Amazing. So, right. um, what happens? <laughs> let's have a look at your machine then. Your machine is yeah. basically you've worked on a better delivery system than this one yes. one time high ticket, small audience thing. You've now gone a broader audience. Yep. You've made it more accessible. You've made the results great for the client, but you've also made it work for Nils. It's leveraged for you. Yep. It's a great outcome for them. They get to be in more of a, a group with uh, really refined tool sets and you're showing them how to use it. Yep. So we've basically built this capacity with a recurring subscription membership income. You've built it on click.com. That's spelled K-L-E-Q.com. You have now got the option to still cherry pick and do assignments. You, you can fly somewhere and do a group workshop or whatever. And one of the greatest reasons why that still supports the sale, and I'm, when I say that, I'm using very specific language. One of the filters that I think we've talked about is we ask ourselves, does this help the B2B Leadership Academy? Yeah. Now, if you go and put a front end of a high ticket workshop with uh, 20 managers, and you recommend they all, you know, they get a year's access or they get the start in the program or they put their teams in the program so they can learn the same codec, it now works for that filter. That's right. So you've got a blend of recurring subscription membership. You've got an ever-growing database from your free book. Yep. You're about to start up a challenge, which may be free or paid. It doesn't really matter, but it's going to help people get a result in advance. Yep. And I know you've also spoken to Dean Jackson yep. as well, and it's 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 great to mention him. He's a mutual, he's a friend of mine and a brilliant mind. And sometimes when you ask him a question and you ask me a question, you get the same answer. I, I feel like, yes, you know. I, and I'm triangulating there a little bit. Well, like, yeah, like Dean Jackson is on the same page with me, then I, I feel like we're definitely on the in the right track. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're still doing some consulting. It's like the cream on top of the bottle. Yeah. Um, when you feel like it, if it makes sense and it has to fit the rules. So, that's what a seven-figure product mix can look like. 
And you can adjust the dials accordingly to, again, what's great result for the client, what's a great result for Niels, and how does it look. And what I constantly do with you is I get you to compare your product lines. And it's kind of like uh, they become like your children, you know, like which one's your favorite and (laughs) how do they compare? And, uh, you know, do some need some adjusting so that they can stay in the mix? And that's how I run my own business is the balance between affiliate marketing, coaching, partnerships. Yeah, that's true. I map out each product line, how much they're bringing in in revenue, what do they cost to deliver, how many hours of my time do they require, and do they support each other? And that's how I get the balance. And that's why I ended up with one website, primarily one website, three or four product lines, you know, if you include affiliate income that all work in synchronicity and that's how you get the million dollar per year machine. That's right. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's the goal of, you know, what I want to build. I don't need to go to 5 million or 10 million as you've talked about before. I do not, I don't care. Right. What I want is the machine. I want to enjoy life. I want to do have time to do the things that are really important to me and support my family in a fun way. Be able to go on surf trips, you know, for a week in crazy parts of the world. And that sounds like an incredible life. And those are all the pieces of the puzzle that you've already built. And so big part in always when I'm looking for coaches is who's done the thing I've already, I want to do and let me pay them and find out how to do it faster. And that's, you know, my advice to everybody when they're looking for potential of how to get started is if you align, you know, philosophically and principles wise with the person who is the coach and they've achieved what you want to achieve and they have a structured program and a structured approach, then by all means go in, like go all in. It never matters how much it costs because the return is always exponential if you're that well aligned, right? And you can build the business and the life that you want. And I'm evidence of that courtesy of, you know, your coaching and getting a chance to connect with this amazing group that we have on our weekly calls. It's a blast and uh, just had some incredible relationships and it's just all about growth and all about learning. And this will continue on for a very, very long period of time. I do love the weekly group we have. We have a a really nice group uh, and I'm super grateful that that's, that group has, um, it's been the same slot since 2010. So I've been running that for 12 years, 12 and a half years. It's an amazing, rewarding experience. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm basically following a blueprint for your business that I followed for a previous client of Silver Circle, who's still a client. It's been there for about hmm. seven or eight years. And he started on around $140,000 a year as a solo consultant. And we are in a B2B market and we built that hmm. up. I think it's currently around $3 million revenue per year. Wow. And our goal is to go to 10. And he's got a general manager running it and he's you know, he's building a new house and stuff and he's, he's pretty shy <laughs> and quiet in the background, but I've already been there. Yeah. This yeah. is not the first rodeo for this yeah. thing. I know your business is absolutely capable of multi-million dollars if that's what you wish for, yeah. you know, without really compromising your quality of life, et cetera. So I'm, I'm very excited. Well, let's continue documenting. Thank you for sharing some of your insights and especially the vulnerabilities about mm-hmm. where you've had some pain and you've had to adjust. So you're now Neil's results vignette, you know, like Neil's outcomes vignette. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's great to see this shift. Once you do that shift in it and it translates across everything you do, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's a great technique. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want me to specifically outline what I'm talking about here is whenever you're communicating to someone who you're looking to help, explain to them what that help looks like at the end. What are they now capable of? What transformation has happened? And what does that now enable them to do? 
how will their life be different than it was at the beginning or where they're starting at and talk about that because that's the easy way to help someone see that they can actually improve or be better off. And I believe that's why people buy. Yeah. They buy to be better off. This is episode 950. I've been chatting with Niels Vignier from B2Bleadersacademy.com. Yep. And uh, he's generously sharing these case studies and uh, we'll get him back. If you've got a question for Niels or myself, then fire off an email to me or post somewhere near this video. Uh, of course, if you in a B2B enterprise or you know someone who needs some leadership training, I'd, I'd strongly recommend Niels. He's, uh, he's really good at what he does. I know he's got a free book mm-hmm. and a, a challenge. So go and check it out. This is James Schramko. 